Why, hello everyone. My name is Seth Weiner. I am your, yeah, your, I'm your rock chenier. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this afternoon. Welcome to Coffee Connections Insights with Innovators. Uh, I'm going to tell you about our guests and everything, but first I want to just let everyone know, thanks for your patience. We've had <clears throat> a couple delays, so we had to, a lot of rescheduling for the last couple of weeks, but um, but we're getting back on a roll. Um, so we've got some good stuff coming up for everyone and uh you can always find that at coffeeconnections.live. Uh, and I want to let everyone know, you saw in the outro of the video here, tomorrow I've got a really unique thing going on I want to share. This is, uh, yeah, as your rock engineer, so I'm doing a demo with event.gives. Now, I've done them before, but this one's unique, and I'm going to tell you why. This one is for artists, managers, venues, and music-related nonprofits because this is the event.gives software. I'm going to show how easy it is to reach larger fan bases with artists uh, from their homes or from the stage, uh, maximizing revenue, really engaging with their fans and just making such a convenient way to bid. So artists that are looking to raise money, venues that are looking to raise money, festivals that are looking to raise money, money. tomorrow event.gives uh, demo. I'll have it all on my social media and you can register right now at yourrocktioneer.com slash demo. Uh, but again, this is a way for folks to be able to raise money directly from their stage, and it's super simple. They press a button. So it's the only, it's the only software that's in real time that allows for live auctions and and um, and fund and needs and what have you. So imagine going on stage and raising money. We need $10,000 in the next two minutes. I mean, it makes it super simple. So more about that tomorrow. But why are you here? Well, you're here for Coffee Connections. Today's guest is Heather, Heather Stanley with the uh, Rylander Theater. Now, she's the managing director of this historic theater. It's a 101-year-old live performance theater over in southwest Georgia. Just happened to be there last week. It's beautiful. Uh, she has a uh, BFA in the theater from Valdosta State University and has been in theater for over 25 years. And she's raising a boy who's going to be in theater, I could tell, too. Uh, so at the Rylander, she's responsible for the oversight of all the operations, including the historic preservation, the programming of the Friends of the Rylander Theater presenter series, and community outreach. Um, but more than that, she also is president of the Georgia Presenters Network, which is a statewide booking uh, group of collective programming organization under the umbrella of the Fox Theater Institute. So... More on this. I'm going to let her tell you all about herself as she uh, oh, she just disappeared. She'll be right back with us here in a second. She told me this was going to happen. That or she didn't like the way I was uh, wrapping her. Oh, here she is. <laughs> all right. She's back. Uh, let's bring Heather into the screen here. Can you hear us? I can. All right. Welcome back. Thanks. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, you did say I would. That's all right. Technology is what it is. But hey, listen, before we get started, I got to ask you, you're on Coffee Connections. Do you drink coffee? Absolutely. It's a must. You do? Do you uh, use a mug? I use a very she... large tumbler of <laughs> as much coffee as I can possibly get in there. All right. So is it iced coffee or hot coffee we're talking about? Uh, both. Whatever. If, if I run out the door and I don't have time to grab the hot coffee in the morning... I save it, and then the next morning I'll have iced coffee because all right, no, that, coffee, no. no coffee bean should ever go to waste. No, not at all. And what about uh, style? Are you a French press? Are you a, a Krug? What are you? How do you like your co- make um, your coffee? Whole bean, freshly ground that morning, which sounds really pretentious, but, you know, it's just a nah. coffee maker that grinds, grinds the whole beans there. Um, and then an obscene amount of almond milk, creamer 
which is uh, not up for debate because I don't trust people who drink black coffee. What do you take in yours? Well, uh, it's funny you say Are that. You so I'm an almond. Person? I like almond milk, but okay. I'm doing this uh, intermittent fasting. And so I'm only thing I can have before 11 o'clock is black coffee. And I've learned to appreciate it. So, so yeah, there is that. All right, listen. Speaking yeah, of appreciating, quality coffee, you're good. So. Oh, absolutely. Only the best that you know um, is on sale at Publix. <laughs> Never pay full price for your whole beans. Okay, absolutely. that's what I say. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Tell everyone a little bit more about what you do, who you are, and um, you know, start with your favorite color. Oh wow. Okay. So favorite color is red. It's a very powerful color. Um, and I love red shoes and red purses. Um, so I'm Heather Stanley. I'm the managing director of the historic Rylander theater here in downtown America's Georgia, which is located in Southwest Georgia. We are in Sumter County, which is the home of former president Jimmy Carter and first lady Rosalind Carter. Um, so technically the auditorium here at the Rylander is called the Jimmy Carter auditorium. Um, he and Miss Rosalind have been here before, and it's always really interesting um, to have Secret Service come in prior to their arrival. And the first time they ever came in, um, I was very nervous, and you know, and I made sure uh, that I knew exactly, you know, where I was talking to the agent, and I was like, "Okay, your exits are here, here, and here." And they were just like, "Yeah, we just need like four seats. It's fine." Like they're so laid back, and it was just, um, it's it's really a treat to have them here. Um, but usually when I tell people where the theater's located, I have to kind of say, it's Carter country. You know, we're, we're down. Do you know Jimmy Carter? Do you know Plains? All right, that's us. Um, so the theater's 101 years old, like we said. And we had a great run. We were open from 1921 as a vaudeville house. And then we became a silent film house as well as vaudeville. Um, then the, the technology adapted and we have the talkies. Um, but unfortunately, we ended our first life cycle in 1951 as sort of the dollar theater of the day. Um, we sat vacant and empty and falling deeper and deeper into disrepair from 1951 to the mid-90s. Um, and then in the mid-90s, we had some very insightful political elected officials locally who understood that to revitalize a downtown and to revitalize a community, you really needed to start with the cultural center and the theater could be the heart of that. So four and a half million dollars later, um, in 1999, the Rylander was fully restored and reopened. And uh, we've been operational ever since. We made it through um, all the 2020 closures. We were closed for 14 months, but thankfully we have been fully uh, opened and operational again post-COVID since April of 21. Um, we're finishing up with our presenter series. We've got a high school graduation happening this week, and then we're heading into summer camps. So um, life for a former vaudeville theater in a very small rural southwest Georgia town is pretty good right now. Um, you ask about Georgia presenters. We are a 55-member strong network of theaters all over the state, and those theaters are comprised of everybody from um, theaters like mine, which are partially owned by the city of Americus. So we have city and municipal government uh, theaters. We have universities and public school system theaters. 
and performing arts centers. And then we have fully volunteer, very small, you know, they do one festival a year uh, organizations that are part of our group. And what we do, the whole point of the Georgia Presenters is to provide um, professional development, but also to provide guidance on historic preservation. And we also do um, block booking. So our block booking program, we, the, our ultimate goal is to provide the highest possible quality entertainment at the lowest price. So that you have small rural communities all over the state, North Georgia, South Georgia, East and West, everywhere that can maybe get a slightly bigger name. Um, they, can, they can get a show that normally would have been way out of their price range, but because five of us have gone in together and gone to the agent and, and have this collective bargaining conversation, really, we've gone to the agent and said, okay, we're giving you five dates in Georgia. Let's knock a few thousand dollars off of that fee and we can pass that savings along to our community. And suddenly something that was seemingly out of reach is now happening in our towns. So um, we've been able to, to do some great block booking around the state uh, through that program. And it's a wonderful way to connect with our colleagues to also share ideas and share best practices. We have a very active um, email listserv. So if somebody says, hey, we're updating our job descriptions, can you send me all of yours? We're constantly sharing information and uh, just trying to help each out help each other out the best we possibly can. Awesome. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, and and the, so the theater itself, though, 101 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously still exactly as it was 101 years ago, right? <laughs> Absolutely. No, um, we, we really did pay a lot of attention. I say we. I wasn't here for it, obviously. But uh, the powers that be very, very carefully restored the theater. So a lot of, for example, some of the flooring in our auditorium was so damaged it had to be removed. But they took flooring from the upstairs and put it back uh, downstairs in the auditorium. So it's still original to the building, just a different part of the building. You know, things like that. They were very, very careful. Um, and they, they did their best to put things back almost exactly as they found it. But I can tell you, it's a lot, our air conditioning situation is a lot better now than it would have been 101 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and also, don't, isn't there another uh, um, theater that's very similar to yours so that, you know, you got a little trial and error there? We do. We have a sister theater in Augusta. The Imperial Theater was designed by the same architect, um, C.K. Howell is the architect's name. And they are just a little bit older than us in downtown Augusta. So um, I like to say that they sort of worked out some of the kinks before they got to us. But it's been really helpful um, to, to have their managing director as one mm -hmm. of my colleagues because he and I will frequently call each other and say, okay, you know that flaw in the basement? Yeah, it's happening again. How did you fix it? How do I, you know, it's just nice to have somebody who's mm -hmm. in the same boat with you. Yeah, that's great. Um, it was a film house. Uh, and, and now do you still, do you ever do films there still? Is that a thing? Is that going to come back? Uh, the, the, is, is, I mean, like as AMCs are kind of falling, are theaters rising? We, prior to COVID, we were doing um, something that I was really proud of and really excited about. 
Um, we have a 1928 Moeller Theater pipe organ. So if you're familiar with the pipe organ at the Fox Theater, that is the Mighty Mo because it is a Moeller Theater pipe organ. Well, we have the Mini Mo. And at one point in time, there were only three of them in the entire state of Georgia. And ours and the Fox made up two of those. I think there's maybe four now. Um, but those organs were designed to accompany silent films. So a really fun thing that we were doing, um, usually in October, that used to be sort of a, a lull in our season for us. Um, I would have somebody come in and they would play the organ. They would do the silent film accompaniment uh, to silent horror films. So we did the original <laughs> 1930s Phantom of the Opera. We did Nosferatu, um, things like that. And the guys that, you know, the, the individuals who play, who accompany the silent films, I'd say 90% of it, they've composed all of this in their heads. There's no sheet music in front of them. And I actually had one of my patrons say, I think it was during Phantom of the Opera. He said, you know, about halfway through, I just stopped watching the movie and started watching the organist when I realized he had no sheet music. Like he was just playing oh, wow. along to the film, you know? Um, so I'm hoping to bring that back. We, we had to take our organ offline for some repair and I'm hoping to bring that back in the coming seasons. Oh, that's wonderful. So uh, did anyone donate anything to repair it? I mean, because then they would be an organ donor. Sorry, I, it's a low-hanging fruit. I, I have to. Oh, no, I know. I, I love to. it. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Cause that's pretty great. Actually. <laughs> I'm just so right, sad. So, I didn't think that. so what are some of the productions you have? And then are, are you're flying in people from New York to do these productions? Well, we do have a presenter series, um, and that's international and national uh, touring acts. We have a local community theater called the Sumter Players, and that's all volunteer all local folks. Um, they do several productions a year. And then we're also a rental house. So I mentioned a second ago that we're hosting a high school graduation this weekend. We host area dance recitals, civic club meetings. We've had weddings. We've had um, church services. You know, we're sort of, we're a space for the people. <laughs> mm -hmm. We can do a little bit of everything. But yes, with our presenter series, you know, uh, that goes back to what I was talking about with Georgia presenters. That's where we're bringing in these this talent from all over the world um, to come and perform in Americas and, and other mm -hmm. communities around the state. And um, well, two questions popped to mind. What's America's? Uh, and I think of the Deep South. I mean, it's you know, it's not Florida South, but it's 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 South. You know, it's South South Georgia. There. Uh, mm -hmm. What's the culture like for for the arts there? I would like to think that we have a thriving arts culture. Um, despite you know sort of uh the idea of it being you know the further the further you get toward florida it starts to get a little scary but culturally around here there's such a rich heritage of art and storytelling whether it's visual uh -huh. art or performance especially music we have an incredible musical heritage in this part of the state as well so there is an appreciation for art there's an appreciation for all the mm -hmm. arts um, music, dance, live performance, um, and, and visual art, photography, you know, all, all of the arts yeah. councils here in this area do, um, do an incredible job sort of highlighting our natural, uh, our natural beauty and the talent around here. All right. Yeah. And then, um, 
with the presenters and some of that national talent, what are some of the group buys that you have? What are some of the acts that have uh, recently hmm. mowed their way through uh, Georgia? So in the past, we've done, um, let's see, a lot of, we do a lot of Motown. Um, we do a lot of, we do a lot of music because that's sort of the universal uh everybody everybody wants the big musical names so we'll do things like um a lot of tributes johnny cash tributes Mm -hmm. um you know we'll do original uh original bluegrass groups we'll do things like the malpas brothers we've routed them several times uh lightwire theater they were uh they were finalists on america's got talent they do everything in total darkness with um uh electromagnetic lighting and fiber Hmm. They make these giant puppets. They've made the rounds through Georgia presenters several times. Um, where we've got there's there's a group that's coming up, and I don't want to spoil it because I know a lot of my colleagues haven't announced their seasons yet. But there's a group that we saw at a showcase back in November, and we were all just so blown away by them. They were also on uh, America's Got Talent, but we're so so many of us want them that we've had to to form two separate tours. So they're going <laughs> right. to they're going to run through the state in the spring and then run through the state in the fall um because so many of us are so close together we would step on each other's toes and we certainly don't want to compete and pull audience mm-hmm. from our our neighbors and our colleagues um but things like that you know some groups are just so incredibly impressive that we end up bringing them through the state two or three times. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, it also makes sense that um, these acts are coming through uh, from America's uh, Got Talent because that's a it's a breeding ground. Uh, speaking of breeding grounds, I know that you have the Children's Theater. Um, you can talk a little bit about this and then and, and I want you to segue this into um, a little bit more about how the theater is engaging with the youth so that there's a new generation coming into the theater because i think that's can be a challenging thing with this hist- anything that has the word historic in, in the front of it tends to have old money uh, a support base that's you know dying off or getting older and and then what about how do you get the kids involved i mean you're absolutely right about that so um what we have coming up this summer is a residency with the missoula children's theater and this is a professional theater company based in missoula montana um, we've been hosting a residency with them every summer for 20 years now. So they are very well rooted in this community. They also go into schools during the school year. Uh, so they come to us in the summer and they come to an area school in the fall. And there are kids who are eager to participate in both. Um, it's an incredible, it's an incredible group because they come to town in a little red truck. It's like an F-150. But in that truck are two tour directors, all of the scripts, all of the set, all the costumes, all the props, and their personal luggage, everything they will need. So it's, it's literally roll into town in the truck, audition kids on Monday, rehearse all week long. They teach these kids you know, about a 90-minute musical, and it's always a musical adapt- adaptation of a well-known children's story. Like this year, it's Rumpelstiltskin. Last year, it was the Snow Queen, which Frozen is based on. So they rehearse these kids all week long, and then they do two final performances on Saturday. They take down the set. They pack everything back up in the truck. And on Sunday, they leave town and head off to the next stop. 
And we have kids in the community or grandparents in the community whose grandchildren live out of state and they will plan their family trips and their family vacations around uh, when Missoula is going to be here so that when the kids are in town, you know, spending a couple of weeks with the grandparents, they've got, you know, a really great activity to do. Um, The benefit of doing things like this, A, you get kids in the space. And the minute they walk into this beautiful space, they're just, they're in awe. And then they see this huge stage laid out before them. And of course, any kid's going to want to run up on that stage and start doing anything. Uh, we do a lot of educational tours and it's, you can just see them just kind of chomping at the bit, you know, can we, can we get on the stage? Can we get on stage? Can we take our picture now? And uh, every now and then you'll get a kid who just kind of wanders over. But the majority of the kids, that's the view that they see right there. That's what it looks like to perform to 621 people if we're at a full house. Um, and these kids can't wait to start singing and dancing and, and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, but so you get them in here and, and they get excited about the possibility. And then we start talking to them about why historic places are important. And they don't care about the architectural details. Some of them do. They, I have had a few that ask some really good questions. Um, but they're more interested in, in what we do and what they can do here. So we talked to them about if maybe acting's not your thing, you can work lights, work sound, you know, fly things in and out, build the sets, um, how there's always something to do. There's always a job to be done in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. And these kids keep coming, you know, they are the next generation of patrons and we have to start uh we have to start building those connections now yeah that makes a lot of sense uh and that's great i i i, I would be curious to know like what are the ages of the of the of that tour uh the 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 children's tour uh what are the instructors are they adults are they like college kids most of them are college graduates so okay. i know uh one one of the the tour directors that's coming to town she just graduated in 2020 I was looking at her bio the other day. So most of them are recent college graduates with the, you know, degrees in theater, musical theater, sometimes with an emphasis or um, an extra edition of early childhood education. But the Missoula Children's Theater program out in Montana does an incredible job of teaching these tour directors Mm -hmm. how to gently and responsively work with these kids they're incredibly inclusive. Um, and oh, we, <laughs> we lost her. She said this might happen again, and it did. Um, but uh, uh, Heather will be right back with us. Um, and while uh, we're waiting, I will uh, show you another photo of Rumpelstiltskin, because why not, right? Oh, here she is. She's back. Uh, let's bring her back into the fold. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, not sure what's happening, but it is what it is. Anyway, as I was saying, um, the, the tour directors are, are very well trained by the Missoula mm-hmm. Children's Theater Company to, um, to, handle, to handle kids of all levels. And it's for ages uh, six and up, six all the way to uh, 18. And a lot of times they'll take those older kids and make them assistant directors. Sure. Yeah. But I love that. I think that's something, though, like parents are like, well, my kid wants to go to college to be uh, in theater and just like, I mean... What are they going to do? They're going to go to Broadway? Like, what? what's there, you know? And it's like, well, no, there's a lot of 
opportunities, a lot of jobs, like, and this is one of them. And I just, that's why I kind of want to touch on that. Uh, but, you know, those people are getting paid, and that's great. But you're a nonprofit, and uh, you run, you run off. Like you said something about the AC, I mean, you know, or the roof repairs and the lightning damage. Like, where do you get the money outside? Of, I mean, obviously, you're, you've got ticket sales, but that can't be enough to, to pay for all everything and to keep everything functioning and the architecture. And I can go on and on. Where's the money come from? Talk a little about your fundraising. So our fundraising, we're a little bit of a, a unique situation in that we are an entity of the city of Americus. So we do get some funding from the city, but that's operational funding. That's for things like, um, you know, building repair and maintenance, personnel, insurance, things like that. Um, our programming money and more of the, what I would call the cosmetic restoration projects, mm -hmm. the things that keep it look, looking so impressive. Um, that comes from the Friends of the Rylander Theater, which is our 501c3 nonprofit arm. Um, and then we, and when I say we, I mean me, <laughs> we seek out grants. I am the sole grant writer here. Uh, that was not covered in theater school. That is a chapter in my book, Things I Did Not Learn in Theater School, but wish I did, was grant writing. Um, we have been so incredibly fortunate. Mm -hmm. to receive grants from the Fox Theater Institute. Not just one. You've gotten multiple grants from them. Yes. One of them was specifically for uh, some hurricane damage. We sustained some damage from Hurricane Michael in 2018. Um, so for that, it was sort of a urgent needs emergency funding. Right. Um, but most recently, last week, we received <laughs> a $15,000 grant from the Fox Theater Institute to aid in the roof repair and upgrading of our lightning protection system. Um, the rest of that money, we were very fortunate enough to get an allocation from a SWAST referendum. So we did have some SWAST money um, mm -hmm. that could go for that. But not everybody's in that situation. A lot of people have to rely solely on fundraising, and that's where we have to get a little creative. And, you know, folks, you can go to rylander.org and make a donation if you want to contribute there. Uh, because you know the money's going to good use. Um, <laughs> and you so, get a handwritten thank you note from me. And that is priceless. <laughs> and a koozie. I'll throw in a koozie. Hey, why not? <laughs> awesome. Well, um, do you have anything else coming up that you want to share? Um, you know what? Just I don't. to support <laughs> you don't. Just to support your local theaters. That's the important part. Um, our biggest competition is Netflix. Hmm. Um, spread the love. You know, just because you have multiple opportunities and multiple venues in your town, they're not competing with each other. We are all working in collaboration with one another. And, you know, when what's the, the saying about a rising tide lifts oh, all yes. boats? Um, that's that's sort of our, our mantra around the Georgia presenters is we want to help each other and, and take care of each other. Yeah, that's great. And you are doing that. You can see it, um, and it's it's fantastic. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for all you're doing for the Rylander and for Georgia in, in general with uh, with everything. Um, but before I let you go, I ask all of my guests, is there someone that's an uh, innovator in the nonprofit world that you'd like to uh, recommend to be a guest here on Coffee Connections? Yeah, um, I think somebody that would be really interesting to talk to because they're some of my favorite people to talk to is a group called Cooperative Coffees. 
Uh, they're based here in Americas. Um, they're a fair trade organic uh, coffee company. They partner with farmer owned coffee co-ops all over the world. Um, sometimes they'll even take normal folks like me. Uh, I haven't gone yet, but they're the offers there, but they'll, they'll take you to Guatemala to meet the farmers and see. Um, but they're really dedicated to um, sustainable farming and, and farmers being paid a fair livable wage and they make great coffee. So they're doing wow. really, really interesting things. And um, yeah, so I think you should talk to them. That is incredible. I've never, I mean, it's no one's suggested a coffee organization, which kind of makes sense on Coffee Connection. So thanks for tying the whole thing together there. Um, and thanks for your time today. I'm going to remind everyone to go to rylander.org and Georgia Presenters, what's the website there? Foxtheater.org. And then oh, you can link to Fox Theater Institute and Georgia Presenters is, is buried under there. Excellent. Well, thank you and thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, and of course, tomorrow, event.gives demo. It's the rock and roll, but it's not just rock and roll. It could be if you're, if theaters, if you're paying, if you're watching, this is, I will, I will record this demo and share it. Um, uh, but you imagine again, you have 670 people in your venue. You have someone come on stage, you know, preferably me, uh, and, and do a call to auction. You can live auction a guitar signed by the band, uh, a dinner with the uh, theater, you know, a poster sign, whatever it might be. But you can do a live auction right from the stage where people are bidding on their phone in a live environment. So it's not like an online auction. It's totally unique. The number that is now, you know, if I'm asking for a thousand or fifteen hundred or two thousand, whatever it is, it's showing up on people's phones and they're pressing the button and it continues to move. Um, it's really exciting. It gives the feel of being in a live auction. Um, and it's a great way to, uh, you know, raise the roof, so to say. Uh, so um, that is tomorrow event.gibs. Uh, we'll do that demo at com slash demo. All right, folks, have a great day. Oh, and Thursday, we'll back uh, with Caring Works. So have a great day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Thursday.